0: Let us check if this is working properly and at a correct volume to get my voice out there, making sure that you can hear me loud and clear. Loud and clear? Something appropriate for us as a message. Um, Then the only song I can really kind of think of. morning and welcome to a brand new episode of beauty unlocked as you all know i'm carissa howdy hey how's everyone doing so as many of you know i'm recording this on a thursday and drop it on a friday so we're almost at the end of a of a week um basically it's almost september i can't believe it time has flown by and i'm just like shit and guess what september is my birthday month ooh, ooh. I hope that everybody had a lovely week, um, work week, and everybody's keeping safe. Um, To all those um, new listeners, welcome, friends. So to everyone that's been listening to the show since the beginning or midway or whatnot, you know how we start the show off by basically doing a little bit of spring cleaning, of cleaning. Um, Thank God it's not allergy season. (laughs) like it used to be. But we always do some cleaning before, and by cleaning I mean, don't forget to follow us on social media. We have a Facebook group, a Facebook page, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, and you can find us on Beauty Unlocked the podcast or Beauty Unlocked podcast. Um and also, I'm I'm still waiting for some emails to let me know what you think of the show, your opinions if you have any like um, is if there's any like recommendations, what you would like me to like talk about or make a video about? send your suggestions in recommendations. I should have said suggestions. yeah, as always it's, it's I'm confoculated. but to to everyone that's been listening to the show, you know that pff, I'm just a mess anyway, so you can always send me <laughs> you can always send me an email at beauty at gmail dot com. I always have to pause before podcast because i'm like is it the podcast or is it just podcast at gmail i've been doing this for almost seven months and i'm just like i don't what beauty unlocked podcast at gmail.com so send in those emails and if you just want to send me an email just to you know tell me how's everything going how you're dealing with things if if everything is okay you can also send me it has it doesn't have to be about the show you can also just say howdy hi carissa and i'll be like hey hey what's up also if you would like to support the show um, by leaving a little, some coins on the dresser. <laughs> you can check us out on patreon.com forward slash Beauty Unlocked, and we have two tiers for the moment and a whole bunch of content and I'm going to be adding more content along the way. I'm falling behind because what the hell is flying around me? Hold up. All right, I had to pause there for a moment because there was something that was just flying around me and it was fucking annoying me and I was losing my trail of thought, as always I mean, I don't need something to be flying in, in, f- around me To actually lose my trail of thought But you know what I mean So, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of content I'll be adding more um, I was falling behind because it's summer, obviously um, And it's not like I've been partying it up or anything It's just because it's been so goddamn hot That, you know, when it gets that hot You you get a bit lazy and you're like, shit, What? I'm being real with you guys and honest, like sometimes when you are dripping with sweat and a puddle is forming from all the sweat, um, it kind of makes you not want to be in front of the computer for hours on end. Um, But thankfully, we're getting into that cooler weather. So I'm going to be pumping out more and more content. Um, There's also a part of on the YouTube channel that will only um, only patrons of the patreon or patrons of beauty unlocked will be able to access with like extra content extra videos so send me again um emails you know on suggestions of what kind of videos you want, want want me to do um pancakes is obviously going to appear in many of those videos because well let's face it she is the mascot of beauty unlocked so we got all that out of the way we finished cleaning. Now it's time to get into the good, good, the good stuff, the actual episode where m- many of you are probably, le- oh my God, I can't even speak, probably thinking, thank God, because you're talking way too much. Well, you're going to hear a little bit more. So bear with me. <laughs> so this week, um, this week's episode, um, we're going to talk about something that's very common, as with many previous episodes, but um, I fell upon an article and then I followed the cookie trail and I found the golden nugget and I was like, oh my God, I need to do an episode about this because it is, it is something that we perceive as a problem, but it really is not a flaw. It is not an imperfection. It is not a problem. Um, it's something that uh, a lot of people have And there is no shame in it, in all reality. I have it. I I for sure have it. I mean, I have a lot of things, but and I'm not ashamed of many of those things. Um, But we are going to talk about cellulite. Are you ready? So like I said, I found the golden nugget of, of articles. And this article is entitled Cellulite Isn't Real. This is how it was invented. And I was like, holy shit what is this all about and i mean it just in the title obviously it's one of those it's one of it's not like clickbait or clickbait or anything but i just i was like i have to read about this like what what are you saying to me what what is this um and years ago i actually did a video regarding cellulite for um my bath and body um products company and uh, and talked about cellulite, but um, and I was like, I read the article and I was like, oh my god, it's so good! It literally sent me into like an orgasmic frenzy. This article and I was like, this article's so good. And so I was like, we're doing we're doing cellulite. We're we're gonna talk about cellulite. We're going to get a bit medical, and we're going to get a bit well. We're we're gonna take a trip down kind of historical lane because you guys know that I'm a history freak. Emphasis on the freak. So our culture's current hostility to subcutaneous fat is really well documented. I mean, if you it doesn't matter where you might, I don't know, be researching something or you might be on Pinterest scrolling and stuff like that. And you're going to always Fall on certain articles or whatnot about how to get rid of cellulite in 10 days Or orange peel, it's disgusting um, Or do this to get rid of your cellulite or do that And it's, it's always in our face um, So it's pretty well documented But biologically, um, cellulite is pretty much inevitable uh, As Max LaFontaine says It is a secondary sex characteristic, just like breasts Um, So Max over here Is a senior research uh, fellow At INSERM It's the French Institute of Health and Medical Research And he's an expert um, In adipose tissues So according to him Eight out of ten women Are affected by this kind of fat Which most often settles On the buttocks, the thighs, and the stomach And It's purpose, it's like a useful Stock of energy in case of pregnancy Or breastfeeding um, For In women, obviously. So the structure of women's skin is different from that of men. And cellulite appears when fat cells begin to swell and disturb the nice homogeneity of the tissue. So this is what La Fontaine says. Cellulite, guess what, guys? It's always existed. And it's only recently that women, in particular, declared war on it. So as French historian George Vigarello underlines in his book, A History of Beauty... Cellulite stems from a culture of examination of the body, which more than before confronts destitution and decay. Lovely. Stroll along the alleys of an art museum, and you become aware of this evolution. For instance, at the Prado in Madrid, Peter Paul Rubens like esthetizes like orange peel skin in his painting, The Three Graces. So when it was painted in the 17th century, this masterpiece showcased a beauty ideal. And if you're not familiar with the three, uh, the painting, The Three Graces, I'm going to put it up on the Facebook group page, Instagram, wherever, wherever you're following me or you're going to follow me hint hint um you're going to see it or you could just um, also check it out like the three graces so even the word cellulite is rather recent and it was invented in france (laughs) no shocker right there at the end of the 19th century ah france Mm. its first appearance dates back from 1873 in the french medical dictionary so we're actually going to get into it because that article that i told you about that sent me into an orgasmic frenzy it talks about this all of this um so before that i actually want to get medical with you we're gonna get medical and i'm gonna be throwing out some truths also so what is cellulite so even though we had a, uh what you call it a basic description over here from max lafontaine we're gonna get more into it so first of all, the first myth I wanna dispel is that cellulite isn't fat. All right, so let's just throw that out of our minds. What it actually is, is the puckered appearance of skin when fatty tissue pushes through the fibrous bands called septae that connects skin to muscle. So again, cellulite is not fat. It's, it, it refers to the puckered appearance of skin. All right, so that's the first thing I wanted to get through. So these bands, they pull down and tether the skin, and that's what leads to... To the dimpled appearance of cellulite And this is how Deanne Mraz Robinson Who's a medical doctor and assistant clinical professor of dermatology At Yale University in New Haven And dermatologist at Modern Dermatology of Connecticut in Westport Holy crap So loss of skin thickness, which happens as we age It's inevitable, you guys um, Can contribute to the appearance of cellulite as can loose skin and sun damage And this is what uh, Dr. Robinson tells health So what causes cellulite? So it isn't really clear How cellulite develops Although there are several factors Such as sex, genetics and lifestyle Which are believed to be involved So a February 2019 review In the International Journal Of Women's Dermatology By Neil Siddiq, A medical doctor Uh He's a clinical professor of dermatology At Whale Cornell Medicine whew, In New York City And uh, and he cites it as possible causes Ranging, ranging from Vascular changes and inf- Inflammatory factors To hormonal changes and structural Issues Okay seriously all this is like a bit of a, It's like tongue twisting And then mentioning of course their medical doctors And where they are at You gotta give them props so there you go so we have a Dr. Chappas, and he, um, he, she, I'm not too sure. Dr. Chappas, either way, explains that the way females store fat differs from males. I love the way um, this is... Put together here We have fat in our thighs That's stored in little columns Like an old mattress Oh it's a she She says As our body ages The fat kind of Puckers out a little bit And the skin thins So you can see More of this Cottage cheese Rippling effect Okay orange peel Cottage cheese It goes by so many names In men The bands that hold Connective tissue in place Are arranged in a Zigzag pattern And this is according To a July 2012 review In the Journal of The European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. Holy crap. If you do a pinch test on the thigh of a woman and a man, the female will develop peaks and valleys characteristic of a mattress. Uh, And this is according to that review. So while um, while men will only have folds and furrows. I love that. Hormones may also have a hand in the matter. Case in point, while men typically don't develop cellulite, guys with lower levels of male sex hormones, including those taking hormone suppression therapy for prostate cancer, can develop it. And this is what Dr. Robinson that we mentioned earlier points out. So who's more likely to have cellulite? Well, most women develop these puckered patches of skin after puberty. And this is according to Dr. Robinson. And it doesn't matter how much or how little weight they carry or how toned their muscles are. She says, I've treated many patients Who who were professional athletes Or professional dancers So cellulite can occur in an adult woman At any age, race, or BMI It's not just predisposed To one particular type of woman So cellulite can be more noticeable On some skin than others Sometimes it's barely perceptible You would have to shine a light on it uh, To even see it Um, And this is what Dr. Chapa says Cellulite's appearance can also be positional You might see it when you're standing But not when you're laying on your stomach, for example okay, Meaning like when you're lying flat on your back And yes, like you wouldn't see it on your stomach if you're laying there Alright, so women have different reasons for wanting to get rid of their cellulite Often it's about self-esteem Wanting to feel comfortable in tight-fitting clothing Or at ease at the pool And this is what Dr. Robinson says but again, if you feel confident in your own skin, there's no medical reason to seek treatment. The fibrous bands that pull on the skin are meant to be there. They're uh, physiologic, not pathologic. And I think that's a very um, that's a very important point that that Dr. Robinson makes. I don't remember actually which episode it was. Um, but there's just certain things that we can't control, um, and there are certain Aspects you know where what we deem as flaws and you know imperfections that are not You know there's just certain things that we can't control in life and they're not imperfections They're not flaws it's just a part of you and I think it's one of those things Even with last week's episode about body neutrality is just to understand that there We can't control every aspect of ourselves and our lives and our bodies for that matter So now it's time to actually go into that article that I mentioned twice before that cellulite isn't real. This is how it was invented. And it was written, this article by Kelsey Miller uh, on May 14th, 2018. And it was actually um, on it was on Refinery29 and it was under what is cellulite definition, fat shaming and history. So are you ready for this article? so miller starts the article by saying cellulite is not real the end oh was that not clear allow me to elucidate there is such a thing as subcutaneous fat and fibrous tissue beneath your skin that's real and indeed on the majority of human bodies there there are areas on which skin appears dimpled or bumpy that exists too and always has but until relatively recently there was no word to define it because it was not a thing Half a century ago, no one in this country had even heard of cellulite, let alone identified it as a problem to be gotten rid of. Today, we spend untold millions, if not billions, on anti-cellulite treatments, despite the glaring lack of evidence that any of them work. Which makes perfect sense, of course, because you cannot treat a condition that doesn't actually exist. So then she continues to say that um, in an April edition, one of the first editions of Vogue, Um, back in April 1968. Uh, It was the first English language periodical to print the term cellulite engendering both a new word and a fashionable new way for American women to hate their bodies. Welcome to capitalism. Since we've just hit... That's just me, by the way, just saying that. Since we've just hit the 50th anniversary, well, two years ago, uh, the 50th anniversary of this massive editorial gaffe, let us tell the tale of how cellulite came to be the most endemic and untreatable invented disease of all times. It begins once upon a time in France. Fuck you, France. Uh, sorry. Not personally the country or the majority of the people just your fucking government and so we begin in a french medical dictionary to be exact back in 1873 doctors Émile Littré and charles philippe robin included the word cellulite in the 12th edition of the dictionnaire de médecine this was the first known use of the term and this is according to professor rosella gigi whose thesis on the history of cellulite is arguably the most in-depth resource ever written on the subject. The crucial point, however, is that the original and accurate definition of cellulite had nothing to do with the dimples or fat. Rather, it was a general term applied to cells or tissues in a state of inflammation or infection. Hmm. It was closely related to cellulitis, a diagnosis still used today, which also has nothing to do with bumpy butt talks and was primarily used when referring to pelvic infl- infections. Oops, I was about to say inflammations. That's not right. Infections. So cellulite made the leap from the medical textbooks to mainstream lexicon sometime at the turn of the century, but it lost its true de- definition along the way. Um, and it's hard to track a- the exact tra- trajectory, but as Gigi points out, this was an era when medical science was advancing at a rapid rate, while at the same time, another industry was also booming. The history of French beauty is nearly as old as the country itself, but it was during the interwar years that Paris cemented its legacy as the beauty, beauty capital of the world. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Professor Holly Grout explores this phenomenon in her book, The Forces of Beauty, Transforming French Ideas of Femininity in the Third Republic. And she writes that the first of France's legendary beauty institutes opened back in 1895 and many more followed suit. So the steady increase in the number of institutes before the war, however, paled in comparison to their meteoric growth after it, she writes. Furthermore, these institutes introduced a variety of new, and, and this is in air quotes, specialties, employing estheticians, masseurs, and even doctors and chemists. So here, there weren't many lines between beauty, science, and medicine, and health. Today, one might call this the wellness industry. So women, too, were having a moment. As in often the case during wartime, many traditional gender roles go out the window as men went off to battle during World War I. More and more women had become self-sufficient, taking on higher paying jobs in industries traditionally dominated by men. Grout writes in her book, as women entered into the university, the tertiary sector and the factory as never before, familiar debates about a woman's social role, her political relevance and her ambiguous relationship to the opposite sex acquired a new salience. So um, Grout continues to say that after the war, a new archetype of modern femininity began to emerge. She was liberated, social, unencumbered by the strictures of class and old school etiquette. Above all, she was visible in many ways. It was not only the greater presence of female bodies on city streets, in places of business, but also the display of those bodies in the media, in marketing materials, and on the stage that together influenced the way French women were seen. The modern concept of femininity was just a byproduct of the war. And this is what Grout says. It was a product of intertwined commercial and cultural forces at work. Makes you start to think, huh? (laughs) So basically a brief summary and and in recap where we are at this point in post-war France the beauty industry is booming um, and all these women are walking around like they own the place this is what the author of this article is saying they have short hair and expendable income patriarchy bro what the hell are we going to do about this so they're going to tell us how to spend our extra cash interesting isn't it ah the patriarchy you always fucking ruin the good party I mean, of course, you know, we start having some sort of independence. We're not relying on men anymore. And um, there you go. The patriarchy is basically knocking on our door saying, you know what? I think with all this independence and all this money you're making, I'm going to start making you hate your body. Every perfection or, you know, perfection that you have, I'm going to make it look like an imperfection to you. I'm going to pinpoint every flaw in your body and I'm going to make you spend that money on your self-hatred and loathing. And you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Thanks, patriarchy, you cunt. Well, then, I just used the big C word. Shame on me, but this is what... Seriously, I have this thing with authority and anything that has to do with sexism, misogyny, and the patriarchy in general, and toxic masculinity. I go off on a rant and rave, and it angers me. It fucking angers me. Woo! Let's get back to the article. So Professor Gigi, the one who wrote um, the thesis on cellulite... I kind of went blank for a moment... Um, cites that in um, a February 1933 edition of Votre Beauté magazine, was the first to use cellulite in a mainstream publication. This is where it got its new definition, too. The article, which was written by a Dr. De Beck, defined cellulite as a combination of, and listen to this, water, residues, toxins, fat, which form a mixture against which one is badly armed. The result was something like fat But different from other fat In that it seemed in impossible to get rid of It was also, he added, a feminine problem Dr. Debeck, if only you were in front of me I swear, I swear, oh lord So, <laughs> um, why he chose this term And this particular physical attribute to focus on We'll never know Because he was a dick, that's why You got small dick energy there. That's why it certainly hadn't been considered a problem before. I mean, just look at uh, virtually all 17th century paintings in which cellulite is featured and dare I say highlighted as part of female beauty because there's nothing fucking wrong with cellulite. It's a beautiful thing. We We never knew what it was until they told us what apparently this was, you know. But after that article, others followed suit. French spas began to advertise treatments (laughs) for this condition, including special soaps, massages, and beauty rubbers. Meanwhile, readers wrote into Votre Beauté, still trying to ascertain what exactly cellulite was. If they had it, and (laughs) as if it's an affliction, well, they make it sound like it is an affliction, so, you know. And if so, how they could get rid of it. From the start, there was little consensus. Potential causes included tight dresses, poorly fitted belts, o- overeating, or glandular issues. Regardless, it was always associated with female bodies, though not always the same female body parts. Indeed, during the years 1937 to 1939, cellulite moved from the lower part of the body to the neck, writes Gigi, Marie Claire's first mention of cellulite referred to it as an issue of the neck, and, as if by magic, the reader's complaints about greasy balls appearing at the base of the neck also began to appear in the journals. Interesting. Gigi attributes this to recent style trends which had made the neck suddenly visible. The bob haircut had been growing in popularity since the war, and by the 1930s, Coco Chanel had amplified the look with wide necklines and sailor type type. Uh, Sorry Sailor style tops Which further highlighted The neck and shoulders Wherever our gaze Moved on the body Gigi says Cellulite tended To make an appearance Well then The scourge of cellulite Began to spread Beyond France Unstoppable Even by the breakout Of another world war Indeed Some cite world war II As the moment When lipophobia Or Lipos Means fat So fat phobia Truly materialized As a cultural Attitude Another war meant women were once again drawn into the workforce, gaining further independence and agency. Oh, my. As uh, social scientist Claude Fischler wrote in his study on fat phobia, the process triggered a number of trends which were to radically alter attitudes about food and eating as well as body image. New ideas about female appearance, which began in World War I, became full-blown beauty standards in World War II. The hourglass shape was decidedly out, as was the corset, which had amplified it. Now, and this is what Fischler says, the preferred body shape was tubular and thin. A new was the idea that women could and should take control of their own body shape rather than rely on corsets to do it for them. The concept of dieting became a popular idea, Hmm. along with this sentiment of self-determination. As one article put it, you are the artisan of your own unhappiness, If you start and fail a diet There's a pause there because mm, mm, mm. Even now, Fischler points out Thinness is treated as a personal achievement Being fit and lean is currently considered a matter of self-discipline Of dedication, of courage Body fat had once been a sign of prosperity And of energy storage in the body But from this point on, he writes It was considered a useless parasitic load Fatness was now a symbol of weakness, laziness, and even immorality. What the fuck? It was a personal failure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And cellulite was the most visible and reviled hallmark of that failure. As the new standard of female beauty took root across the Western world, so did the panic over cellulite. Oh, my goodness. Let's, Let's panic over something that you basically created and was not an issue before, nor did we care about it because it was the female standard of beauty to be just any size, just beautiful and big, and there was no fat phobia, no fat shaming. And here you go, patriarchy. You just had to come in and just fuck it all up. All righty then. Cellulite, the fat you cannot lose before, declared Vogue's headline in 1968, introducing American women to the concept. The article described a young woman who feared she had waited too long to get diagnosed with the disease of cellulite, but thankfully was able to get rid of it through exercise, diet, standing correctly and rubbing herself with a special rolling pin. The myth of cellulite had gone mainstream As had its mythical causes and cures And there it remains Even today, women still use rolling pins on their bodies But the market is flooded with plenty more Far more expensive so-called treatments Um, So the FTC or the Federal Trade Commission Has successfully taken legal action Against many of the makers of these products On the basis of false or deceptive advertising And this um, includes L'Occitane Wacol, Rexal, QVC, Nevaeh, really any entity which has ever attempted to sell a cellulite cure There is virtually no way to honestly market a cure for cellulite because there is no cure Because there is nothing to cure Today, cellulite appears in most dictionaries While it is designated as a colloquial, non-medical term, it retains... A firm hold over our sense of self-perception, not to mention our wallets. Like hysteria or the vapors, cellulite is a condition whipped up out of nothing and used to uh, pathologize women. Mm -hmm. The difference is those other afflictions have long since been recognized as fraudulent. There is just as much readily available information about the origins of the cellulite myth. So why do we insist on believing it? Good fucking question because we have been ingrained to fear it to hate it to loathe it and that's why and so you know so now i hope you understand why that article just sent me into this orgasmic frenzy because it was so damn good brought up so much reflection and awareness of so many underlying issues of how the beauty and health industry and wellness industry um profits from our insecurities and how the patriarchy in, 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 in whole has profited from our insecurities that were created and that we never like thought that they were a problem before. It just raises more and more issues of the society that we live in and how they just profit from us and how they kind of profit from our self-hate and self-loathing that might've not been there, you know, 100, 200, 300, 500 years ago, because the standard of beauty was completely different, but then you know they see a shift in things, and they still are trying to control us, or society still tries to control us and dominate us in certain ways when we're trying to liberate ourselves. So I really do hope that you enjoyed that article, and I, like I said, I'll be posting it for sure on the Facebook group, the Facebook page, um, and there's going to be a link in my bio in Instagram where you can actually look up the article. I'll also put it in. Um, on the website of Beauty Unlocked on Libsyn. I'll also put the link of the article so you guys can also have a look through it. It's, it's really a fascinating article and it touched and raised many issues. And I was just like, oh my God, such a fucking good article. <laughs> With all of that being said, I hope you did enjoy this week's, um, this week's episode on cellulite or should I say cellulite doesn't exist. But I hope you enjoyed this <laughs> this episode. And don't forget also to subscribe, um, rate, and review us on Stitcher and on iTunes. It's that purple icon for iTunes. It would be great. You can spread awareness and tell um, your friends, your family about Beauty Unlocked and also kind of giving giving them a heads up that I sometimes use very colorful language. (laughs) So with all that, I hope you guys have a lovely, safe weekend. Remember to love each other, love yourselves, spread some of that sweet, sweet love, and you'll be hearing from me next week. Bye. Wow. And now, a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So, traffic has been crazy lately, right? And rush hour? Forget it. Nobody wants to let you merge onto the highway. <laughs> but, hey, somebody let you merge or you wouldn't be there, so... Drivers <laughs> who switch to Progressive could save big! Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.